What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Junction City Justice Podcast, Police Week Edition Special. Want to give a shout out to the longtime fans of the show and a shout out to the new fans of the show. We see you too, of which there are quite a few, and we appreciate your support and continued support. And I want to explain a little bit about why we're doing a special edition this week. This week is Police Week. Police Week, for those of you who don't know, occurs around the same time every May. And it's a week-long celebration of life in Washington, D.C. for those who gave their lives in the furtherance of justice in the police world. In Washington, D.C., there is a wall. And on this wall are names. They are names of police officers who have been killed in the line of duty. And the reason that this is so special to us is because on that wall, that memorial that will never be complete, unlike any other memorial in Washington, D.C., tragically, this one will never be finished. But on that wall is the name of someone who is very close to this show, partially an inspiration for this show, the name of someone that we lost that was loved and that is remembered and he's going to get his own episode at some point in the future but it's at this particular time during this particular week that we want to commemorate all of those who gave their lives to make Junction City a better place some in large part some in small part but each one of these individuals made the ultimate sacrifice because they believed in something bigger than themselves And so it's in honor of them and to ensure that they are always remembered that I give you the Police Week special of Junction City Justice. Now you may have to bear with me on this episode because as I started in with this intro, I got hit in the heart a little bit with the feels. But I'm just going to roll with it because hopefully that conveys to you the honor and the emotion that goes along with talking about a topic like this and that we want to give them all the respect that we possibly can. So without any further delay, I give you those who gave the ultimate sacrifice to Junction City and Ogden. Before we begin, officially, I'd like to give credit to the Officer Down Memorial page. The Officer Down Memorial page, which can be accessed at odmp.org, is the source for a lot of the information here today, particularly those I don't have personal knowledge of. However, some of these that you're going to hear we have covered in previous episodes, and I will let you know the corresponding episode if you're interested in going back and listening to a more in-depth version of that story. We begin with the end of watch, April 30th, 1899. The end of watch being the day the officer was killed for those not familiar with the nomenclature. Captain William A. Brown, end of watch, April 30th, 1899. Captain Brown 
and two other law enforcement officials from Box Elder County, which is a county to the north of Ogden, had been in pursuit of robbery suspects. They were chasing them into the foothills of the mountains that border Weber County, where Ogden is located in Box Elder County. Captain Brown was a little head of the two other Box Elder County sheriffs and law enforcement officials when he came upon the two robbery suspects and an exchange of gunfire occurred. Captain Brown killed one of the suspects and the second suspect killed Captain Brown. Captain Brown was survived by his wife and children. He was 35 years of age. His tour of duty had lasted eight years. In season two, episode one, the Ogden episode, you can listen to a more in-depth tale of events around the murder of Captain Brown. Police Officer Albert G. Smalley, end of watch, April 7th, 1920. Albert Smalley was the youngest police officer to give his life in the line of duty for the Ogden Police Department. Officer Albert Smalley was 19 years old at the time of his death. Officer Albert Smalley died from injuries sustained in a motorcycle accident. Officer Smalley was pursuing a stolen car in December of 1919. As he pursued the car through Ogden Canyon, another automobile forced him off the road. Officer Smalley succumbed to his injuries five months after the incident. Officer Albert Smalley was survived by his father. His tour of duty was one year or less. Police Officer Charles Manzel, end of watch, May 9, 1921. Officer Manzel was shot and killed by a suspect while investigating a clothing store burglary. Officer Manzel had located the suspect in the room of a boarding house on 25th Street. Currently, for those interested in local history and with the ability to do so, it's above Legacy Tattoo, where the 25th Street Museum is located. Officer Manzel had located a suspect inside of the boarding house room and was in the process of questioning him when he was ambushed by a second suspect behind the door and shot in the back of the head and killed. Officer Manzel, it should be noted, was working his first shift after returning from a three-year absence to assist in the war effort. Prior to this, Officer Manzel had served a total of eight years with the Ogden Police Department. Officer Manzel was 45 years of age and was survived by his wife and three children. For more information on Officer Charles Manzel, please see Charles Manzel Remembering the Man, Not Just His Murder, Season 1, Episode 13. Police Officer Joseph Horold Quigley, end of watch July 12, 1935. Patrolman Joseph Quigley was shot and killed after an investigation into two men stealing gasoline from a car. Officer Quigley had completed his rounds and had been picked up by a chauffeur officer 
who was accompanied by another officer to drive him home. And for those who are unaware, police chauffeurs are individuals who, in a time when officers walked footbeats, would drive them to and from their footbeats and also drop them off uh, at their footbeats and transport suspects for them for the foot patrolmen when they needed to take them into custody. The police officers came upon two men siphoning gasoline from a vehicle. Upon surprising the two men, the two suspects attempted to leave in their vehicle, at which time Officer Quigley jumped in the suspect's vehicle to attempt to apprehend them. The suspect vehicle made it to the area of 23rd and Monroe, where gunshots were fired. Officer Quigley was then thrown from the vehicle as the suspects fled the scene. Officer Quickly was 35 years of age and had been a police officer for four years. He was survived by his expectant wife and four children. For more information on Officer Quigley, please visit Season 1, Episode 3, the C.K. Keeter episode of Junction City Justice. Detective Hoyt L. Gates, end of watch, February 11th, 1941, who almost certainly will receive his own episode of the Junction City Justice podcast. But until then, from the Officer Down Memorial page, Detective Hoyt Gates was shot and killed when he interrupted an armed robbery at a grocery store. And this grocery store was located on 24th Street. There was a robbery in progress when Detective Gates, unaware, attempted to enter the store. He encountered a clerk who came to open the door and attempted to warn him when the suspect began firing. Detective Gates moved so that the clerk would not be in the line of fire, but in doing so put himself in the line of fire and he was struck four times. Detective Gates returned fire but did not hit the suspect. Detective Gates collapsed on the sidewalk in front of the store. Ultimately, the store was surrounded by responding police officers fired tear gas into the store until the suspect ultimately surrendered. The suspect was convicted and sentenced to death by firing squad and on February 5th, 1943, was executed by firing squad participated in by members of the Ogden Police Department. Detective Hoyt L. Gates served for five years and was survived by his wife, son, and daughter. Detective Gates was 38 years old at the time. Police Officer Clarence M. Bean, May 1, 1945. Police Officer Clarence Bean died as a result of complications from injuries he received after being assaulted on July 22, 1944. Officer Bean had responded to a tavern where a serviceman was creating a disturbance. He asked the subject to leave, but the subject turned around on the bar stool and kicked Officer Bean in the lower abdomen. Officer Bean fell to the floor. While other officers responded to assist with the arrest, the suspect again kicked Officer Bean repeatedly in the lower abdomen. For several months after the assault, Officer Bean had severe stomach issues. While on patrol in the early morning of April 11, 1945, Officer Bean had severe vomiting. He was taken to the hospital and exploratory surgery was performed. The surgery found Officer Bean had suffered severe internal injuries from the assault. 
A second surgery was performed on May 1, 1945. However, the injuries were too severe and Officer Bean succumbed later in the afternoon. Officer Bean served with the Ogden Police Department for one year. He was survived by his wife and three daughters. He was 41 years of age. Detective Sergeant Marshall Doc White. End of watch, October 18, 1963. Doc had responded to reports of two runaways from the state industrial school that had burglarized a residence. Doc White had previous dealings with one of the juvenile suspects. And as he walked down the hall to speak to the juvenile suspect, the juvenile suspect produced a rifle that he had located in the bedroom. Doc White, being a man of words, attempted to subdue the youth with words, despite the fact that he was a skilled marksman having won several awards for his marksmanship abilities. And the youth fired on Doc White, wounding him where he was transported to the hospital. Doc White was not only a man of words, but he was a man of strength, and he clung to life for several days before ultimately succumbing to his wounds. October 18th, 1963. Doc was survived by his wife, three sons, and four daughters. Doc had been a cop for 15 years, was 54 years of age, and will always be remembered for his contributions as a great man and someone that we should all strive to be like. For more information on Marshall Doc White, you can see our episodes in season one, Marshall White, The Path of the Learned Man. We did a second episode, Marshall Doc White, The Man for His Time Who United a City. And as a bonus episode, we sat down with Doc's grandson, Bronson, and conducted a book review on the book that was written about the man, White City. Featured in those episodes are comments from Doc's son, Ronald White. Agent Jared Daniel Frankham, January 4th, 2012. Agent Frankham was serving a knock and announce narcotics-related search warrant in which agents are tasked with knocking and announcing their presence for an extended period of time to notify the occupants of a residence prior to service of a search warrant that they will be serving a search warrant and were in the process of clearing the residence when the suspect from a back bedroom ambushed the agents as they were clearing the residence. Agent Frankham returned fire as other agents had been wounded by the cowardly ambush and engaged the suspect in gunfire until he too was struck multiple times. Responding marked police and patrol officers responded to the residents and were fired upon by the suspect as well in their marked patrol cars with lights and sirens that had been activated before the suspect attempted to flee out of the back of the residence 
engaged other patrol officers in gunfire, and was wounded. Agent Frankham was taken to the hospital, where he ultimately succumbed to his injuries. This was announced on January 5th, but actually occurred on January 4th. Agent Frankham was survived by his wife, Erin, and his two daughters, Sam and Haley. Agent Frankham was 30 years of age. He had been a police officer for approximately seven years, and he was badge number Whiskey 12. That badge number has since been retired. Police Officer Nathan James Lyday, May 28, 2020. Officer Lyday had responded to reports of a domestic disturbance and had begun speaking with the suspect who refused to exit his home, placing his screen door between Officer Lyday and himself. The suspect then disappeared out of sight behind the door of his home before reappearing with an assault rifle ambushing and shooting Officer Lyday in a cowardly fashion. Officer Lyday's backup officer and another officer close to the area who was able to quickly arrive on scene engaged the suspect in gunfire and the suspect was ultimately killed. Officer Lyday is survived by his wife, Ashley. Officer Lyday was 24 years of age at the time and had been a police officer for a year and about three months. These men gave their lives so that the city of Ogden in the county of Weber in the state of Utah could be a safer place to raise families, could be a better community, could be a better world. These men gave up opportunities or those opportunities with their own families were taken from them, sometimes by acts of happenstance, sometimes by acts of malice, and in a couple of accounts, by some acts of some low, incredible levels of cowardice. But ultimately, these men sacrificed their lives for the greater good. And when we discuss these men who gave their lives so that their legacies could live on, we need to add one more to be counted among them. And that is Weber County Attorney D. Smith. D. Smith is a man who it's hard to describe in words how incredible of an individual and a human being he was. As a prosecutor, he was elite. As a father and a husband, he might have been even better. He was absolutely one of us, and he embodied the best that we could possibly have to offer society. He's a man who I am very, very blessed to have been able to consider one of my close friends and someone who, in his passing, I have constantly, constantly strived to be more like. And he's someone who I look back now and wish I would have known what a blessing I had when he was alive 
for the time that we had together. And while I will forever regret that I did not spend more time with him, I am humbled and blessed by the fact that he counted me amongst his many friends. And he did have many friends because of the magnitude of his personality. D, you might not have been taken from us the way that some of these others were taken, but you can't tell me that your job did not have to do with the fact that you were taken. You were an elite level prosecutor and an elite level friend, and you are someone none of us will ever forget. And for that, you are counted. Now, for those of you who have spoken to me recently about ways you can support the show, I certainly do appreciate your support, but for now, please go to the Live Your Dash Memorial Run and donate to the Live Your Dash Cause and the Live Your Dash Foundation, which we will be posting links to on our socials. This is the Memorial Run founded in honor of this great man by his great wife and family, and if there's one way that you can support what we're doing here and support the show, it's by remembering the legacy of D. Smith and supporting the causes that were near and dear to his heart. Now, I have love for everyone we've mentioned before, and I have an exceptional amount of love for some people on this list that I was lucky enough to serve with. But I have all the love in the world for D. Smith. You deserve a statue, my friend a statue akin to Mount Rushmore, because if there was one person who had more impact than most of us throughout generations will have on criminal justice in the Ogden area, it's UD. We love you, brother. Well, friends and listeners, we hope you enjoyed our deviation from our regularly scheduled programming for Police Week. For me, this was a necessary episode to do, but a very heavy episode to do, if you can understand where I'm coming from. But don't worry, we're going to be back with more of your Junction City Justice traditional classics, uh, including a couple coming up that we couldn't be more excited to bring you the infamous mob boss of Ogden, Bell London, and a Dr. Harding episode that we'll just say there's more to the man than initially meets the eye, and leave it at that. But again, thank you so much for supporting and listening. Go visit us at our socials, uh, Junction City Justice, on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll probably have some other surprises coming out later on this year in terms of ways to support the podcast that don't just have to do with subscriptions to the podcast. Although, please, if you do love the podcast, subscribe to it, and we're going to come out with regular episodes for you. In the meantime, to support, please take any support you would give and also throw that love behind the Live Your Dash Memorial Run in honor of our dear, dear friend D. Smith and his family, and throw your support behind the Live Your Dash cause. And for those local, we look forward to seeing you all there. We appreciate you all for taking the time to listen and for getting to know these men who gave everything 
so that the legacy of Junction City justice could persevere. Thank you, and we'll catch you on the next one.